Hello and welcome to Ashley at the Movies. I'm Ashley. I'm Matt. I'm Aaron. And this is another special edition of Ashley at the Movies, one of our 12 Days of Christmas episodes. And today we're going to talk about a movie from the 80s called Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. And Matt's going to tell us about it. Yeah, and I want to welcome Aaron back. So you did this with us last year. Yes, I did. And um, you've, you've reviewed movies uh, throughout the year with us. So welcome back. Yeah, thank you. Um, so yeah, and, and, if, and if you, dear listener, are wondering <laughs> why we're talking about a kind of an obvious Thanksgiving-themed movie <laughs> as part of 12 Days of Christmas, it's because of a couple of reasons. So one... I really, really love this movie, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know of another way that we'll be able to get a chance to talk about it, except for maybe this, this, this thing we're doing with 12 Days of Christmas. And the other thing is, even though it is specifically about Thanksgiving, I do think that it has a general overall holiday vibe to it. I mean, Steve Martin's character in this movie is rushing to get home to Chicago, or let's face it, the Chicago suburbs, <laughs> um, from like initially New York City. And that honestly could happen for Christmas or you know any kind of a major holiday like that. Mm-hmm. But you know, to me, this is—I would think almost this could be interchangeable with with Christmas. Sure. Uh, and you know, because you know, anyway. So that said, uh, this is a classic. You probably already know about it, but you know, Steve Martin uh, is an executive, and John Candy is a uh, shower ring salesman. Best in the world. Best in the world. <laughs> yeah. And they they meet cute uh, at first uh, first uh, in New York City. Uh, the streets of New York City, where John Candy's character steals his cab, and then in an airport, and then they kind of end up becoming a, it's like a road movie, right? Um, and they're trying. It's all about Steve Martin trying to get home, and they take different methods of transportation that are talked about in the title. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I love this movie. I've loved this movie since I first saw it when it first came out, mm-hmm. and over the time, you know. It, this is one that I that gets watched every year. I mean, I watch it every year. If it's around Thanksgiving or it's around Christmas or just because there's nothing else to do and it happens to be on cable. Um, I'm One, I'm a big fan of both comedians, uh, Steve Martin and especially John Candy. I really, really love John Candy. One of the things that's occurred to me about this movie over the years as, as, you know, as I've gotten older and experienced more film and become more interested in film and filmmaking technique, if this movie were made... In the 1930s, it would star Laurel and Hardy. Yeah. This is very much a throwback to that sort of buddy comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's not it's obviously not the music box. It's not you know Laurel and Hardy pushing a piano <laughs> up the stairs, but it's got that same sort of you know buddy comedy vibe that there's that they're that they're uh, that the Laurel and Hardy films had. Um, I've, I've already mentioned him, but. I really, really love John Candy in this movie. And I think of John Candy's films, this this might be my favorite of his. My favorite performance of his in, in a movie. Um, and then Steve Martin kind of ruled that that era. And two of his best movies were done in this year. And that's Roxanne and then, and then Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. This, is, this has long been a favorite of mine. And I think if I was to make a list of my favorite comedies, it would be hovering eternally somewhere in the top three <laughs> it's uh, it's a it's it, it's an important movie to me it, I, I like it a lot sure so i'm kind of new to this movie um i didn't see it when it came out and i didn't see it until just a few years ago when matt showed it to me 
and uh, I, I like it a lot. It's I don't know why I had never seen it before, because I like these two actors a lot. Um, I, too, was a big fan of Roxanne. I've always really admired uh, Steve Martin, and... Um, I wasn't, I wasn't so much aware of John Candy. I've seen more of his movies since Matt has introduced me to them. And, and I like him a lot. Um, I think this, yeah, this may be my favorite John Candy movie. Um, what, I, what I really like about the movie is both characters are, are flawed, right? The, Steve Martin, they're both, they're both genuinely good people. Mm-hmm. But Steve Martin loses his cool, um, isn't as nice as he should be sometimes. He's uptight. He's uptight. <laughs> um, and then John Candy is a bit of an annoying guy. <laughs> a slob. <laughs> a slob. But, but they manage to um, find the good in each of these characters and make you feel for them and want them to be friends. And it, it ends up being a very moving uh, movie about friendship. And um, yeah, I, I, and it, it also happens to be very, very funny. There's something inherently amusing about seeing people um, coming up against um, technology in some way or, um, you know, the perils that we have put ourselves in when we rely too much on transportation or technology Mm -hmm. or certain conveniences and they're suddenly lost and you have to try to find your way home literally and... It's just amusing. Yeah, so I saw this movie when it first came out at the theater. And, you know, the theater... In fact, I remember back in the day, whenever there was a a post-credit scene in a movie, um, theaters were really good about telling you so beforehand. So we stuck around for the post-credit scene in this movie, which everyone who watches it should. I mean, it's nothing important, but I think it's just amusing. (laughs) Uh, But no, I mean, I I really like this. I I love this movie, actually. It's not I like. I love this movie. Um... It, 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 I could say a lot about it. I mean, one of the things is I think it's a it's it's perfectly edited, perfectly um, timed, and it's an hour uh, and thirty three minutes. And one of the bits of trivia about this movie is that the original cut was three hours, and then the studio told John Hughes, you know, you need to cut this right. This is just hmm. way too long. <laughs> and I'm glad. I mean, this is not a movie where I I'm curious about what were the other scenes because I don't want to know the other scenes. <laughs> where I think this is, this was fine. Although the director's cut would ruin this movie for me. Yeah. Although um, <laughs> Ashley and I just watched this again. It was it was played at one of the local cinemas uh, for th- in front, ahead of Thanksgiving, so we watched it, and so it's very fresh in, in our minds. And that this particular time, I did notice some of the I guess you'd call them goofs um, mistakes in it. Um, and I was reading about it afterward, uh, and, and, and seeing a longer version of it, I think they said, at least for one of the goofs, would have um, made it make a little more sense. But, like, for example, um, they are driving from St. Louis to Chicago, because Chicago is the end destination. Mm-hmm. And for one thing, it takes forever. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's about, a, I don't know, a five and a half hour, six hour drive at most. 
um, and then it seems like it takes them longer. But they're pulled over on the way there by a state trooper, played by Michael McKeon, who's always great. Um, and he's wearing a uh, Wisconsin state trooper's outfit. <laughs> oh, wow. I didn't notice And that. I noticed that this last time we were watching it. And I read about it afterwards, um, and it was just said, I don't know if John Hughes said it or, or somebody with the production, but they were like, yeah, the whole thing is they got lost. And they got lost in Wisconsin. And, <laughs> they drove too far yeah, north? And, well, well, you know, John Candy plays Del Griffith, and he's a bumbler, and he's, you know, if you watch the movie, he's, you know, he gets them in all sorts of situations. But, um, yeah, I mean, so the whole point was, I guess, they got lost. And, and mm-hmm. then they, in Wisconsin, and before they got back to Chicago, because another thing is, and people who only, like, live in Chicago or close to it and visit it often would probably notice this, but when they're finally getting into Chicago, the view of it is kind of odd. It's mm-hmm. not a view that I'm used to. And, and it was also mentioned that, well, if they're coming in, though, from, like, the Wisconsin side... Wisconsin. that's true. ...then that will make sense. Okay, all that's to say, uh, I still don't want to see a longer cut of this film. I, th- I think it's perfect um, as it is. You know, Steve Martin is the uptight, upper-middle-class um, person who is probably, you know, via his, his income and his lifestyle, has probably become detached uh, from... A lot of people and probably doesn't mingle with a lot of just regular Joes that are, are, you know, the John Candy characters like. So we kind of get to see him thaw a bit around this type of person. And then, you know, the John Candy character is, you know, he means well, but he's a bumbler and he, he, he shares too much and he's... Tries too hard. Yeah. He actually has a hard. line in the movie yes. that he tries too hard. And, you know, that can, you can do that to a fault. Um, but I think, you know, it's all about him and is is growth with that character as well. So, um, and I think they have great chemistry. They are perfect together. Yeah, I, I it's actually too bad they didn't do more movies together. Yeah, I find your Laurel and Hardy Laurel and Hardy comment interesting. I think on a surface level, I can see that, but this movie is so deep in a way that Laurel and Hardy like well, never were. And, and that that's what I meant. I yeah. was like, this isn't this is not them pushing a piano up the stairs. Mm-hmm. There's there's certainly more to this on a intellectual level on an emotional level. But seeing, I guess to a certain extent, seeing Steve Martin and John Candy play Laurel and Hardy would please me greatly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, John Candy is, uh, he really shines in this movie. Um, and he, John Candy has always, for me, always sort of had this everyman appeal. I mean, you know, and obviously he's, he's this big, tall, he's very tall, he's very large. So he's not, you know, physically every man, but he, he's just got this very likable, and I, you know, Uncle Buck, mm-hmm. you know, he's 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 got this knack for 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 making these characters that are, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of struggling for the right word with it. There, there, there's 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 something almost extreme about Dell, his his character in Planes, Trains, Automobiles. It's like this this person can't possibly exist right. but you'd totally buy it because John Candy is just so so likable right. I think uh, him and Steve Martin probably really 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 enjoyed working together see I've met people like Del have you really? Oh, total, totally real person <laughs> yeah he's one of those people like the people like him that I've met in real life I've always struggled to be a better person around because they typically annoy the crap out of me. And I have this urge to, you know, blow them off or, um, 
mock them or just act very annoyed with them because that's how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, you know what? No, 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 no. The thing is they mean well. Which They're is, super annoying. Which is actually what Steve well. Martin does for the first half of this mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, yeah. And uh, not only have I met people like Del Griffith, but I identified with Del Griffith, and I mm-hmm. still do. Yeah, oh, I do too. And, you know, I see a lot of my personality in him, and even to a point, like, certain times, like my size. I mean, this total sidetrack here, but, you know, John Candy died in 1994, um, and, you know, had a heart attack, and was overweight that's actually what prompted me to go on my first diet I've dieted many times but that, that's what that's what prompted me to go on my first diet because I was so spooked because I'm you know even as a teenager I'm like wow he died at 43 that's really yeah. young you know um, but what I also find interesting I think it speaks to the universal nature of this film is the people that I've come into or run into over the years who when this movie comes up who they say they identify with the John Candy character mm-hmm. and I always and I mean that's come up at least on one hand, if not more, that, that I've come across that, people like that. And almost every time I'm shocked because if, and I don't say anything to them like this, but I've always thought to myself, really? Because if anything, you're like the Steve Martin character. <laughs> but I know, but I mean, I, I'm not saying that they're wrong, but I, what it does is it makes me pause and, you know, there's a lot of humanity in John Candy's character mm-hmm. and vulnerability and sadness. And the fact that somebody says that they identify with that, I'm like, okay, well, that that shows me maybe a part of you that I wasn't seeing. There, there's a moment in this movie that, that has to be mentioned um, in regards to what you're talking about. Steve Martin's had enough, and he tears into uh, Dell, John Candy, in the hotel room and insults him to no end with the you know the, the lines of dialogue about how I was reading the vomit bag you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> here's an idea if you're going to tell a story have a point it makes it so much more interesting for the listener and you can just the camera is on John Candy's face and you can just see him sinking mm-hmm. he just looks so dejected and his response to it is oh I see it's like this is not new yeah, yeah. Be- being treated this way is not new for Dell. Mm-hmm. Um, and the there's another scene in there that I've come to. I mean, that scene you talk about. I mean, that's a famous scene. And mm-hmm. It's it's yeah. But the another scene that I've come to appreciate more every time I see it um, is later on in the movie. And they've been together a little while now, and they've still got more more of a ways to go. And they're in a diner and having breakfast or lunch or something. And Steve Martin's character. I mean, and this seems like things are okay with them for mm-hmm. that moment. But then Steve Martin is like, I think, I think you know what, we just don't work well together. Let's let's go our own way. And again, John Candy's character, you know, the way he reacts to that mm-hmm. is just, um, you know, he's upset. I mean, he right. doesn't throw a tantrum, but I mean, he gets up and he's like, okay, fine, you know, fine. And you can, he's hurt, he's wounded yeah. by that. And that's just, I just, I just love the way he plays that scene. Mm-hmm. It's it's really good, and I, I appreciate that scene more. Every time I see it. You know, we also have to mention the very famous uh, Steve Martin's yeah, F-word symphony. Yeah. <laughs> Which is the only reason the movie has an R rating, I, I would yeah, think. Yeah. Can I tell you, though, that like that's probably... I don't dislike that scene, but it's a scene so many people talk about. So next to the one you talked about a minute ago mm-hmm. where you know John Candy's character is... You know, dejected. Dejected. Yeah. Everyone talks about the F bomb scene with Steve Martin, and they've talked about it so much. Where I'm like, oh, you know, it's 
it's funny, but it's so obvious. It's yeah. such a, it's such a, we, you know, they're really trying to hit you over the head with this and make you laugh at how many times he says the F word. And, and yeah, I mean, it, it works in the scene. And, uh, and, and it's funny. I remember, again, I saw this at the theater. I liked that scene when I saw it the first time when it was all fresh and new to me. I've liked that scene less and less over the years as everybody references it. Really? Yeah. Because then, I mean, I think it's probably my contrarian streak, and I do have a contrarian streak, where it's just like, yeah, okay, it's funny, but it's not that funny. See, I think the whole scene works because of Evie McClurg's response to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I agree with both of you that the, the real power of this movie is <laughs> Matt in, and I've kind of dominated no, this. <laughs> no, the real power of this movie is in the performances of Steve Martin and John Candy and the nuances that they're able to um, portray. Um, but I, I did want to just mention that I really like a lot of the little secondary characters that they meet along the way. Mm-hmm. Edie McClurg is, is one of them. Yeah. She's she's so good. And just um, uh, the guy who plays his boss at the be- beginning of the movie. And William Wyndham. You, you see him at the end of the movie as well. Um, he's he's funny. Uh, the, the kind of backwards people that they meet in Kansas. And I can say that because I grew up in Kansas. Um <laughs> Like the, the cab driver, and then you know the guy that tells him that you know there's no train unless mm-hmm. you're less than you hog or cattle. Um, I, I I just really like all the incidental uh, people that they meet along the way. Um, that you know, a lot of the humor comes from their interactions with those people. So. Mm-hmm. And the, this is again, I, as I sort of said at the top, this is really a movie that you know specifically about Thanksgiving. It can be about you know Christmas too, and I and I do think. I think I'm on firm enough ground to say, I think it could only be a Christmas or Thanksgiving movie mm-hmm. uh, because it is so. I mean, those are the two holidays, and I'm speaking from a very Western point of view, and, and you know what. But it's they're the two biggest holidays, at least in the United States, right? That loom the largest for the most people. I think that that you know you, where you have it's expected that you are going to be with family if you have family that you have and, you, and if you're away from them especially if you're like the father or the mother or you know the the head of the household or whatever yeah. you need to be there with your family and if you're not that's a problem few people drop everything to be home for independence day exactly right. yeah um so yeah so the impetus of him you know getting home is 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 big i do want to say a couple things though i mean this is Sometimes I, I catch myself saying this is like a perfect movie. I might have even said it earlier. And in certain ways, in my heart, it is. Mm-hmm. But again, the more I watch it, the, it does have a few flaws that stand out to me. Like, and it's fairly mild overall. But, you know, um, when they're checking into a hotel and they're, they don't have enough money and they're begging, basically, to... Steve Martin's character is begging. He says something like, you know, I've been wearing the same underwear since Tuesday. And he says it just like that. <laughs> well, when you stop and think about, okay, when you st- think for a second how far, how long they've been traveling and stuff, it's, it's Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> Thanksgiving's tomorrow. Yeah. Which so, will be Thursday. <laughs> so it's, it's not, I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you want to change underwear every day, but one day extra is not, you know, like a week. He makes it sound like a week or a month. There's... There's a scene where, you know, early on in the film when he confronts John Candy about how he stole his cab in New York City. And it, what, it the, that first part of the movie makes a big deal about how it's like five o'clock. He's got to get out of there and catch a plane by six. Um, and then later on when he's confronting John Candy about stealing the cab, John Candy's character is like, you know, yeah, I, mean, I thought it was odd that I was able to get a cab so easily during lunch hour. 
And it's like lunch. I thought you said rush hour. Uh, I just saw it a couple weeks ago. It was lunch. Okay. Yeah. So, um, hmm. and then another thing is when they're in the Wichita airport, it is, again, you know, they, they, they left New York City around six or so and stuff. And they're at the Wichita airport and it's a, a wide shot of folks standing in the airport and it's broad daylight outside. Oh. So <laughs> those small things, you know, uh, oh, and then of course, you know, the, because of the editing, I guess, uh, the, supposedly on their way from St. Louis to Chicago, mm-hmm. Chicago, but coming across the Wisconsin. State yeah. Trooper. I mean, but I only dock half of a point off of it. <laughs> I feel like movies that you see over and over again, open themselves up to the, to these kinds of nitpicking because yeah. you, I think all movies have these flaws. Mm-hmm. You just finally get to see them all the more times you, you watch the movie. So, yeah, I, I don't dock any points off for those things. Yeah. So what do you give it, Ashley, out of 10? Oh, I'll give it a 9. Uh, I'll give it a 9.5, Aaron. I was going to give it a 9.5 as well. Okay. Um, so I'm going to do the math here while I'm <laughs> trying to get this all going. So 9.3 is our score. And uh, it is on the tomato meter, 93% certified fresh. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Thank you.